listening to Not Good Enough, an inadequate response to inadequate responses. I'm Mitch Alexander. I'm Tom Lang. And I'm Evie. And there's no rules anymore because we're in our fifth lockdown. It's hedonism all the way. And McLean's not here. <laughs> also, McLean and Isaac aren't in. dead to us. But there's no rules. There's no rules anymore. And Look, I don't know if you guys feel the same way, but I just, as soon as we had case numbers above three, I just had this like anxiety. It was the Wednesday and I was like, ah, fuck. Yeah. But then when Thursday came along, something clicked inside me and I just went, I'm going to buy all the beer. <laughs> and I'm just going to hang out and not do shit. And it's such a bad habit because it's only yep. five mm. days. The government's like, hey, just chill out for five days. I'm like, no, nipples out for everyone. It's fucked. <laughs> this is like, yeah. so the last lockdown we had, which is, may I remind our listeners, was only like a month and a half ago. It seems like I've lost all track <sighs> of space and time. Um, yep. I was feeling really optimistic. I was like, oh, they won't lock down for a small amount of numbers. Then, of course, they did. Then they extended it. And I, like, when it came to this one on Wednesday, I was like, yeah, we're going to lock down by the end of this week. I went out for dinner with one of my friends and I was like, catch it in two months. Um, (laughs) Because it really feels like last year. Like, it it definitely feels like the no rules, footage not found, winter lockdown of last year, even though it's like technically only five days, just because everyone's having their bad memories resurface of like, cool, I'm not going to see anyone for a while. I guess I'll just sit in my apartment and rot. (laughs) Yeah, it kicked in. It kicked in and and I I have like, uh, my mental health feels okay, but I uh, maybe that's just because there isn't any. Um, And I think the way I can tell that I'm not doing great is that I'm just calling screen time time. (laughs) <laughs> yeah But every now and then I take a break from the screen when I blink Can I just have just a little endorphins? <laughs> uh, I, I've, I've become one of those people who watches literally any sporting event that is on the TV at any point So I was watching a lot of football yesterday And I will be right after this podcast too So I'm just really excited to get all my feelings out in a healthy, normal manner In in so far as normal is not really a thing that exists anymore <laughs> My partner is watching her way through Grey's Anatomy, so she's doing fine. Uh, that, that is a perfectly good coping mechanism. I like. I, I, I suddenly I'm out of all Farmer Wants a Wife episodes for this week. They're accelerating it because they've realised. I'm pretty sure they've realised everyone is at home and a captive audience, so they've got like four episodes a week, and I'm just like, I can't keep up. Jesus. <laughs> wow. That's actually interesting. You say the like the sports thing is a coping mechanism because I've just gotten into F1 this year, thanks Netflix. Um, <laughs> but like a friend of mine has the like a subscription service that he's let me use to like watch like. You know, qualifying and and oh, have you got Kyo now? and stuff. Welcome. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And so, (laughs) no, I'm a jock. We have two jocks on the podcast now. (laughs) (laughs) But so, watching, um, they had like a little race before, just a little race, racing around a little zippy cars. Um, but I got like real invested and real excited by it. And I'm like, after at the end of the race, I was like, fuck, I think that's Uh, lockdown brain. We'll get you into football yet. (laughs) I think I was just like, I need any sort of like excitement to zap me out of the grey that I'm currently in because this is... I'm so invested. Holy shit, Verstappen took him on the front row and it's the same. I'm like, I don't even care about these terms. What am I talking about, DRS? Shut up, Mitch. (laughs) Now, we should be clear that subscribing to Kayo is not Praxis and you shouldn't do it because it is a Murdoch company. Oh, I don't subscribe to it. It's literally a Foxtel offshoot. And I realise that I'm doing a very anti-socialist thing by subscribing because all the fucking sport is bought up by Foxtel. 
But uh, <laughs> this is yeah. There's there's two things to it. Yeah, we've talked about it before. Nationalize Cairo, <laughs> please. Yeah. We've talked about it before. There is no way to watch sports in this country without going through fucking Murdoch's cloaca. Like it's just yeah. it's all there. He oh, controls all, pretty much like, all of it. Uh, it's so it's it's sort of been spread out amongst a bunch of paid services now. So there's a bunch on Stan and which is Channel Nine owned and operated now to um, oh, cool. rugby uh, union, yeah, I think, Costello. is on them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the 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 beautiful game, uh, the other football code, soccer, um, is on Optus Sport as well. So that was one that, like, he had to try and funnel through on another service if you were watching the Euro this week, which I was. So. Well, here's something really fun that my friend and I are doing that you can try at home um, is that if you're if you've just got the wherewithal to start a new email account every fourteen days, you can just have Kyo for free. Mm. <laughs> Doesn't it like cancel out if you realizes that you're registering with the same card? I have no idea. I haven't tried, but no, I'm definitely going to try that. <laughs> this is the best content we've ever had on Not Good Enough. Let's get into some good news. I do. I do always feel like I should talk more about how piracy is a victimless crime and okay. And Hell, good, yeah. Hell yeah! Hell yeah! Pirate the pod. Mm-hmm. Pirate the pod. <laughs> we don't even care, guys. We should seed torrents of the pod. <laughs> All the money from this pod just goes to fucking Rupert Murdoch anyway. Just pirate it. <laughs> it's good news, though. There yes. is some good small news. There is good news. Santos has has decided not to drill oil and gas from the Great Australian Bite. Hey. It's good news! Um, which is that bit at the bottom of Australia... It's the bit near the bottom of Australia. <laughs> all um, I know, all I know about the Great Australian Bite, aside from actually looking like a bite, <clears throat> even though it's not spelt mm-hmm. that way, it's spelt B I G H T, is that it has lots of great white sharks. That's like a place yeah. where you can go and swim in a cage alongside great white sharks. And like, look, I get that people are thrill seekers, but just the idea of that <laughs> cage just suddenly breaking and then being face to face with a great white shark is just something I don't, I don't understand the urge. Why, why would you do that? <laughs> I think that's what makes it fun, Evie. It's like a roller coaster. You've got to have the illusion of maybe impending death, but know that there's some tempered steel in between you and the death. Um, let me tell you, <laughs> people hardly ever die from shark cage failures. <laughs> This is anti-Shark Week propaganda. Yeah, you're more likely to get hit by a car being in your car cage in the middle of the Did road. Did a shark write <laughs> this podcast? <laughs> Lang, is everything that protects someone from something else a cage? Like if I'm on my bicycle, or do I have a little foam cage on my head? Mm. Is that how you see the world? It's just cages and uncages? you got to ask yourself, Mitch, are you protecting yourself from the world or are you protecting <laughs> the world from yourself? <laughs> but Santos left. Yeah. So, Santos, who also should be in a cage, um, Santos, <laughs> but a literal one, and maybe sharks in the cage, Santos, uh, who we hate and is an oil company that does all sorts of shit all over Australia, has has said, yeah, we're not going to drill the bite, it's not economically viable, and also it's like massively unpopular, but when did they care about that? Um, and this is, in fact, not the, not the first oil company that's decided not to drill the bite. BP, Chevron, and Equinor have recently um, all said, also, we don't want to drill the bite. And so the Victorian government and the Australian government are like, oh, why doesn't anybody want our gas? <laughs> you there, sir, do you want to drill the bite for gas? It's pristine natural environments. Probably <laughs> gas in there. They're like, I'm good, thanks, buddy. <laughs> it's too desperate. I'm not a scientist and I'm definitely not a, a mining scientist or anyone who's done uh-huh. any sort of gas exploration across the <laughs> no, Australian bike. because you call them mining scientists, but that's okay. <laughs> However, 
However, <laughs> it kind of seems that every single company that's thought, hmm, let's just drill the bite has gone, nah, there's not really anything there. It does seem that way. But the Australian government is like, please, please just drill it. It seems really yeah. great. And every Drill me, com- drill me. Drill me. It's too <laughs> desperate. And, and yeah, every single company has just been like, but there's nothing there, is there? Mm. Or is there? See, here's the thing. They send down their little underwater, you know, oil exploration things, I guess. What do they find there that makes them go, actually, we're good? (laughs) Do you reckon there's like some sort of eldritch horror down there? I reckon there's an eldritch (laughs) horror. I'm going to say if there's an eldritch horror anywhere in the world, it's definitely off the south coast of Australia. It's on the way to Antarctica. That's where all the eldritch stuff is. Look, to be fair, the deep ocean to me is like space, which is... It's none of my business. I don't want to know what's going on down there. I, I know there's something, there's something fucked up down there and I don't want to know what it is. So someone's gone down there and just been like, damn, not my business. I'm out. <laughs> it's not my business. Not- That's between you and space. Yeah. <laughs> I've got the dry shit. That I can concern myself with. But you, but the giant squids and shit. Yeah, those not weird my problem. Fish with the lights on their heads. No, thank you. Yeah. I, I've seen those glow in the dark fish. And yeah, I know that they nah, don't want to see me. So I don't want to see them. I don't want to see them. <laughs> but. But to be serious, um, Santos is just not drilling it because it's not worth their time. Um, that just means there is much easier oil and gas. And we know that because Santos is drilling all of that. Like the spokesman from Santos, when they oh. said, hey, we're not going to drill this thing, said, and and they could have said, oh, yeah, we care about the environments to shit. They, they didn't even want to pretend about that. They said, <laughs> we're focusing on all of our other shit. Um, quote, this includes our sanctioned Barossa gas project offshore the Northern Territory, which will backfill our Darwin <sighs> LNG project. Our Moomba carbon capture and storage project in the Cooper <laughs> Basin is planned for a final investment decision this year. And the Dorado oil and gas project <laughs> offshore in Western Australia oh. and the Narrabride domestic gas project in New South Wales will both face investment decisions over the next next couple of years. We can only uh, drill so much gas, guys. <laughs> just a, the, Fucking a, give us... We're not a machine. <laughs> yeah, just that, that caveat we always have to have on this fucking show where it's just like, it's good news. The bare minimum was fucking done. That's what we're celebrating. A yeah, new Santos bad thing being, didn't yeah, happen. It's okay news. Yeah. It's just fine. <laughs> it's, it's a thing of just like, it's good news in isolation. Take it in context. Ah, fuck. <laughs> Things are still bad. McLean wrote in with a great joke. Um, Santos <laughs> only has so many dicks to fuck us with. <laughs> Speaking uh, of a lot of dicks, um, <laughs> did you know the echidna has multiple little... No. Look what? it up. Look up echidnas. No, it's um, you absolutely. No, no, no. You absolutely cannot leave that hanging, Lang. I fucking hate it when podcasts do that. You finish that explanation. You finish that fun little fact that that, tra- that Ranger Stacy never told us in school. So open up Bing and Google <laughs> echidna. I mean Bing echidna penises. I'm do do it now. I'm do it right now. <laughs> I love how the first result is echidna penises, why they're so weird from the Australian Geographic. Image image search. Oh, no. Image search. Oh, no. (laughs) Oh, no. (laughs) Now, that is an eldritch horror. (laughs) <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just got it's got it's got four little four ends. Oh, yep, and good buddy, on them. Buddy, what's going Which on brings there? us to our next story. Uh, <laughs> the government has commissioned fairy art. 
that's fucked, Lang. Uh, that's, Australian, that's not fair. Australian native animals. <laughs> that's not fair to sorry, furries. It, I just want to say to our furry listeners, sorry for the disrespect. I understand that it's not no. always anthropomorphism. Like, anthropomorphism is not always sexual or concerning for penises. I cannot confirm or deny whether the anthropomorphic Olympic echidna um, has four penises in this in this particular scenario. However, oh, oh they definitely do. However, if you see a, an echidna mascot, just know this is what it has. Okay, so <laughs> so what's what the fuck is we talking about? So um, <laughs> as transition a, ever as as everyone will be aware, uh, for some reason the Tokyo twenty twenty Olympics are still happening this year, twenty twenty one. They've just decided to just not perceive the year twenty twenty one and decided it's the 2020 Olympics. Um, cool. It's happening next week. Um, Mitch, when you reminded me of that, I was Fuck. actually shocked because I did not realise it was happening so soon. At the Blew moment- Blew my mind just saying, the, the, the Olympics due to start next week and I just <laughs> I, my eyes rolled in the back of my head. It's like, no, it's potentially months that? away. I, I've, yeah. I've got some more to say on that in a second, but for insofar as Australia's sort of internal promotion- um, the Australian government, every time, of course, there's Olympics, we have like our own mascots. It's not just for when we host the Olympics. You need all the fun promotional things that go with it, that promotes the athletes yeah. and stuff. Um, growing up, I was a bit of an Olympic stand through my parents being really mad about it as well. So we have a lot of Olympics merchandise, including things like stamp sets and the Royal Australian Mint does coins and things as well. And there's like basically a joint branding across a whole variety of brands. So this year, because it's in Japan, the Australian government <laughs> or the Australian Olympic Committee decided to go to um, a bunch of artists and commission what they called manga-style art mm. of Australian yeah. mascots and, like, you know, they wanted an upgrade <laughs> of, you know, the boxing kangaroo, which is quite a traditional sort of sporting emblem of Australia. And in the 2000s, you know, we had Sid, Millie and Ollie. That's right, yeah. yeah. So uh, this year they wanted like a more manga-style theme is what the brief was apparently. They went to an artist. Their name is Landig. Um, if you want to go to their Twitter to see their art, um, their username is Landig Art, and they gave some samples to this person and this person's then Landig then submitted a portfolio that had like you know manga style scenes and as well as like example sketches of slightly anthropomorphized kangaroos because they realized what the Australian Olympic Commission was asking for was essentially furry <laughs> art. They wanted they wanted Japanese style animal characters which really just <laughs> means furries and so it, so they did an entire like sort of idents of kangaroos echidnas um and they're very visibly furry ish it's just furries they're, they're furries. just furries they're furries they're they're buff and they're buff they're, dudes with kangaroo heads so this person did it in 2019 and they kind of forgot about it, especially in the kerfuffle of the novel coronavirus and everything like that. And this week, ahead of the Olympics actually starting, the promotion has gone Australia-wide. So it's not just stamps or coins. It's also sticker packs at Woolworths and posters and stuff. So Hell yeah. the government commissioned furry art <laughs> is now everywhere and people 
thought it was a mistake at first, but what's really happened is that the government knew what they were asking for but didn't really know how to ask, and the artist was like, oh, so what you meant was furry art. So now <laughs> my government commission persona is the weightlifting kangaroo, I've decided. <laughs> <laughs> I really like that one. Yeah, yeah but it's going to be a really confusing time where you'll see some, like, AVs on Twitter and you're just like, are you a furry or a sports fan? I'm not entirely <laughs> sure what the girl is. Why not both? <laughs> I mean, there's gonna be there's gonna be this weird crossover in the middle as well, but it's just it's just one of those delightful little moments of like, I mean, Evie he said this earlier, unironically and unambiguously, yes. unambiguously, this is the best thing the Morrison government's ever accidentally it's just had so, a hand in. It's just so funny to me that in an eighteen months where the government has systematically betrayed a lot of industries in Australia, but especially the arts. It is just deeply, <laughs> deeply funny to me that they have paid and commissioned an artist to draw furries for the Australian team for the Olympics. They've actually they they paid this person. They compensated them well, and their art is everywhere, and that's good. I, I'm really yeah. supportive. Of it. I love go the, this artist. <laughs> I love the government mandated furries. Um, and the best thing is the artist actually seems like a pretty cool person. They've said, like, uh, I'm no longer really jazzed for the Olympics that the, my work is attached to due to the global plague we're all living through. But what can you do? Um, <laughs> and of furries, because a lot of people are like, oh, furries are weird. They've said, I just think they're a funky and largely harmless bunch who hold a refreshing level of respect for artists' work. Hell yeah And that to is that. so That's true. So good. That's it, so fucking good. Furries are known on the internet as being willing to pay for good art and just generally being a nice bunch who, like, don't put up with a lot of, like, a lot of the internet is full of Nazis. And oh, furries, furries are very Nazis. anti-Nazis. They're great. So, I love furries. Furries are good. Um, also, yeah, like, when this first came out, I saw a lot of furries being very concerned that um, Landig didn't get paid or at least the recognition that they deserved and they were very very like reassuring that yes they were and they prefer to have like control about who knows about the art and that sort of thing but it's just it's just really lovely to see that kind of respect for other artists and making sure that they get the credit that they deserve like that's lovely it's a, such a nice thing to see, especially in the train wreck that is going to be the 2020 Olympics. <laughs> I think, though, that there is – this might be one of those weird little cultural moments that's like, okay, so you've got a whole country that is entirely mentally cooked right now, under lockdown. Meanwhile, the government has issued furry art with every Woolworths purchase. Is this going to be like when Disney brought out Robin Hood and a whole generation went, oh, okay. The fox is horny now. <laughs> like, like in 10 years, is every Australian child that grows up going to be a furry? Hell yeah. My money's on yes. Honestly, yes, I reckon I, I think reckon of so. worse outcomes. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like you grow up to vote liberal. Like- <laughs> yeah, that's true. Anyway, like this this is going to be the saddest Olympics. Um, there is oh, yeah. spiking cases of coronavirus in Japan. The first case was just found in the Olympics village. Um, it's unclear how many athletes... <sighs> Are in fact vaccinated? Um, yeah, they're not. They don't have to be. There's no vaccination requirements. That's oh, wild. okay. That's yeah. that's bad. That's not. Yeah. Great. Is Anastasia Palaszczuk still going? <laughs> 
Oh God, I hope so. <laughs> uh, yes, yeah. She's leaving soon because she's she, uh, she needs to make a bid for the Brisbane like 2032 Olympics oh, or whatever it is, or the Commonwealth, whatever it is. Like, yeah, she's she's taking off soon and leaving us all behind. And I hope she isn't allowed back in. Mm. Uh, oh, okay, so for the Brisbane Olympics, when we'll have the coronavirus, like. Amiga variant or whatever it is by then. Yeah, the one that's visible to the naked eye with legs. <laughs> <laughs> and, we're, and we're fingers crossed we're going to have about 17% vaccinated. So that'll be a really good fucking Olympics. But yeah, these, these Japanese ones are wild because it's just like, why not cancel and just have it be unfortunate? It's too much money. It's sheer bloody mindedness. It, it's, it's literally one of those things where it's too big to fail there's so much money involved in the Olympic Games that um, the amount that's involved in advertising it with sponsorship money that, it, I mean, there is a certain level of open, organized crime involved in the Olympics. Let's be real. It's like just like <laughs> yeah. the, it's like um, a lot of elements of um, soccer as well, that it would be catastrophic to them also in <laughs> not just financially, but it would have an argument for stopping the Olympics altogether. This is the other mm. thing. There is a very – it's currently small, but it's very vocal and increasing call to just cancel the Olympics altogether. And it's not just because of the coronavirus. Um, every four years when there is another Olympics, it's increasingly obvious to the naked eye and even just to the average person now that the Olympics is not beneficial for its home country. God, That's no. what I was going to say. You, when, you, when you were talking about how money is involved, there's too much money involved, not for the cities that host it. Pretty much every single place that builds all of the Olympic um, like stadiums and facilities, it just goes fallow after a couple of years and it's just a massive money sink. The, man- the money is for contractors. The money is for the people who do the sponsorships. It's not for the actual communities in which the Olympics ruins. And... I mean, you think even like going back to the Sydney Olympics, at the time it wasn't really talked about how there was a lot of moving on of homeless people from Mm. places in which um, sporting events were held. And that is becoming increasingly more obvious the more shocking the tactics become, the more expensive setting up Olympics facilities are, the more obvious it is that Olympics facilities just simply don't get used anymore. If you look at Brazil I mean, as well, um, yeah. just it just left significant swathes of people in poverty just because their homes were destroyed and people's livelihoods destroyed by the Olympics being there. And for what? It's, there's yeah. not even that like you know measurable tourism amount of money. I mean, it's like and 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 here in Japan, there's no tourism money at all. Um, you may as well just have a stopwatch in your home country. It's not even like even Japan even needs tourism money. Like even without an international pandemic, it's the the draw of the Olympics is becoming less and less. And it's not mm. to say that like you know people don't love international sporting events. They clearly do, but. I think even normies, quote unquote, uh, are starting to realise the social cost of having the Olympics in any, like you know, yeah. moving around from year to year. Yeah, it's basically just a fuck tradition that is being perpetuated by the people that it helps that we haven't 
been allowed to really question, oh, maybe we don't need these, like billionaires. <laughs> and I won't get into it to, because there's far too much to talk about in this, but it's also uh, becoming extremely obvious um, the ways in which certain groups are limited from even participating in the Olympics, such as trans women or even black women. Oh, my and God, the kind there's of, been so much shit this, uh, this Olympics. It's yeah, so much it's a just whole in the lead-up into this Olympics. There has been so much ways in which, you know, athletes have been stopped from participating that it kind of makes anyone question, well, what's the point of even having the Olympics at all? The Olympics are supposed to be for the biggest freaks in the world to compete against each other because <laughs> none of these people are normal people. Look at Michael Phelps. That's the point. You tell me that motherfucker is a normal person. Like big flippers <laughs> for hands. Like he gets stoned and he still comes first by like several minutes. That is not a normal thing. So... Except this, okay. I'm, I'm. If I, I have to stop myself now, otherwise I'm going to go straight into my drugs Olympics rant. So <laughs> we'll cover the Olympics more another day. It certainly <laughs> seems like a thing. Well, the Olympics are starting next week, so it's <laughs> not good enough to have rolling coverage of all the Australian athletes getting fucking sick. Drugs Olympics, drugs Olympics, <laughs> having their lungs ruined and unable to fucking compete because they're going to plague Olympics. Great job. High high def zoom ins of the single tear rolling down the face of the fifty people marching around the stadium for the opening <laughs> ceremony without any spectators athletes are not allowed to go out or go to places or go to bars they've all got their sad little bubbles athletes have to depart the country within 48 hours of their event finishing or them getting Damn. eliminated sorry that's so that fuck wild off. that's brutal that's like leaving the bachelor house you have to leave immediately yeah. as soon as you get knocked out and it's just like damn just give them some they time <laughs> black bag them like the whole point of the olympics is you're an 18 year old who's the fittest you're ever gonna be you get to go overseas <laughs> and have sex with norwegians i know like, oh my gosh imagine missing this point? pivotal point of your life when you get to fuck other hot fit people. It's literally all been leading <laughs> up to this and not fuck off. Fuck. Can you can you imagine just like going to the fucking backpackers overseas, but you go over to the Olympics and the only people you can hook up with are other Australians? Ugh! Oh I'd be God. so what a mad. Waste. I'd be so mad. You're stuck there with the same person you've been training with for the last six months oh. who you hate, <laughs> <laughs> and now you both have the Roni. <laughs> Well, good luck to all our athletes. <laughs> In what might be the fucked, most cooked, stupid story of the fucking week, I hate this oh, country. Oh, boy, that is I a wish big I was call. <laughs> it's, it, it's a big call, but I'm going to do it. Um, our Prime Minister, Scott Morrison, was on the Kyle and Jackie O show, which is a radio show that is still on for some reason, despite both of them being just like petulant little bottom sucker collections of yeah, bacteria. Yeah, don't go check it out. <laughs> oh, just the worst. But he was on there because you might have noticed there's a bunch of shit happening in Australia at the moment with like COVID and vaccinations and stuff. And he went on there to talk about it and uh, mm -hmm. ostensibly to try to, you know, buoy the spirits of, of the Australian population. And unprompted and unbidden by Kyle and Jackie O, our Prime Minister decided to clear up the rumour that he shat himself <laughs> at Engadine Macca's <laughs> decades ago. And they just... That, Kyle and Jackie O were stunned by it. And I if just... you can stun those two pieces of shit, you know you have done something extremely cooked. I, I need to give some background colour to our international listeners who just Please yesterday do. I was reminded that we do have international listeners. So um, 
Fucking hell. We sweat. Hello. Every we week sweat. We talk Hello about and welcome. <laughs> <laughs> or but- g'day, as we say in Australia. <laughs> <laughs> just to give some colour to who Kyle and Jackie O are. They are- no, do we need to? Okay. No, just, just a very brief. Um, they're, they're just shit cunt radio hosts. Think of like Channel 4 and every stupid shock jock you have in the UK or, I don't know, Loveline, Drew and what? what, what who, Opie and Anthony. Lovely? Yeah, Opie and Anthony, that's the one. Um, like it's just any But also not idiots. funny. And Crucially, no matter, they've never been funny for their, their, their time in which they've been on air. They've never been funny. They've always done something incredibly stupid that has made national news every couple of years, and somehow they're still on the air. And so somehow, and the, the prime show minister still goes to them with his scoops. Yeah. So yeah, uh, look, I now fully believe that Scott Morrison did in fact shoot himself at the Engadine Mackers, even though it was completely made up. Uh, but I just believe it's real now because why else would you go onto the radio and talk about it? Why? Why would you go on radio to say, hey? Just want to use this platform to say it definitely didn't happen. So, okay, that's really weird, man. Like you, you if you if you left it unaddressed, no one was talking about it. That's the thing as well. This was a meme, maybe what two years ago. Now? Again, time mm. is irrelevant, but like three years ago or so, it was this whole thing that came out, and it was this funny little meme, and junkie and pedestrian were doing the stories on it. And then it went away, and no yeah. one has talked about it for fucking years. No one even took it seriously at the time. It was it was just a dumb thing, like, uh, uh, imagine. But, like, yeah. I don't know, David Cameron fucked a pig or whatever, like a yeah. dead pig's head. He probably did. I don't know. There's a lo- I've known a lot of cooked units that have done a lot of cooked things. Maybe he did. But it's like, all like right. Barnaby that's- Joyce has a second family. No one cares. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so for him to be on radio and to just bring it up really hit it hit me initially like those um those shower thoughts that you have about a thing that you said in year five and you're like or like when you're laying in bed at 2am and you're like fuck I should message that person from year 11 that was that sucked I can't believe I said that one thing that may have entirely fucked their life up as a joke oh and so he's, he's the prime minister. We're going to information on that later, Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> but because he's the prime minister and because he has these huge platforms, he's in a uniquely powerful and privileged position to actually try to set records straight like that. <laughs> but in proper ScoMo fashion, he just fucked it. Is my initial take. I do have a separate one. I reckon that this is a, a calculated marketing move done by a man who is willing to debase himself to such a degree that international news will talk about him shitting his pants at a McDonald's. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I reckon whether he did or not, the reason why he's bringing it up is because the vaccine rollout has been absolutely fucking oh, rotten. Absolutely. We will we'll, we'll get to some of that later in the episode probably because it's what else is there to talk about after all this shit. But it's it's going very poorly. He is very clearly to blame. The states are melting down as they lock down. And I honestly think there's a good chance that in his like weird reptilian marketing mind, he just went, we need something else to talk about. We need something else to focus That's on. That's 100% what it is. And he yeah. just- and happily debased himself like that. Yeah, happily threw himself prostrate across the national headlines to be like, ha ha, poopy pants at Morrison, me, 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 me. I yeah. 100% agree with that. Because, like, considering how many people want to redacted the Prime Minister <laughs> at the moment, purely because, like, you know, you're watching the spread of the outbreak across Sydney, Melbourne's in lockdown again, like, uh, you know, several states could be on the precipice of lockdown or going in and out, who the fuck cares anymore, um, and all of it wouldn't be happening 
if it weren't for a concerted effort to get as many vaccines into people's arms from the start of the year when they were first made available. And it also doesn't seem like there's any end in sight, even if you do get vaccinated. So, you know, people are even angrier still. Like, you know, if people can't come to Australia fully vaccinated, everyone's fucking pissed off at Scott Morrison and out for blood. And so, yeah, this yeah. is the perfect stupid distraction there. And go, uh huh. Isn't it funny that he talked about shitting his pants yeah. at Engadine Macca's? <laughs> Fuck off. He was absolutely just uh, sitting in that radio studio. He knew they had 10 minutes to fill. He could see the set list, which went small talk about the weather uh- and then. How bad did we fuck up the vaccine rollout and why? Um, and Scott Morrison sitting there sweating as he sees them getting closer to talking about the vaccines until they go, oh, so that's that. Um, so I guess next up, he goes, I shit myself. I shit myself in <laughs> Maccas. And they went, <clears throat> sorry, what? You know what? I don't even think he was sweating. I think, I genuinely think he was just sitting there with that little shit-eating grin that he has oh, on yeah. his face whenever he's nervous about something. Whenever he's and eating And he's just shit. like, oh, man, I've come up with this excellent idea. I'm going to talk about how I shit myself. <laughs> yeah, he was just like, Morrison, you've done it again. Genius. <laughs> he's super proud of himself for it. Has absolutely no conception of dignity and self-worth. No. Absolutely not. I still maintain that he actually just doesn't believe that the coronavirus is serious, though. Again, you know how I was talking about how sports people are in bubbles? He has been in a bubble yeah. this entire time. He's never known anyone who's gotten coronavirus except maybe Peter Dutton. And honestly, yeah, he'd Peter probably Dutton. still like, be very far away from him. So he has no idea. <laughs> they do hate each other. Scott Morrison was the first person vaccinated in Australia like six oh. months ago. Now that you mentioned that, here's a here's a weird thought that I had as well. I'm just coming up with like theories to run by you guys on the pod now. Apparently that's a thing I do. But mm-hmm. I was just imagining, what if we had a ruler or a ruler? What if we had a leader of a nation who instead of getting the vaccine first in this quite cynical um, uh, rationale of I'm going to lead the charge and I'm going to promote mm. everyone getting the vaccine. Instead of that, what if we had someone who committed to getting the vaccine last? That's like Bolsonaro. Their whole- <laughs> <laughs> Bolsonaro is like making up new variants. He's making up new variants in his stomach. Bol- Bolsonaro who had to have two pounds of shit pulled out through his nose recently. <laughs> and Brazil is smashing us in vaccines. But like that idea of like, I'm going to be the last person to be vaccinated. And so I'm going to then be like, I've got stakes in the game. I want everyone to get vaccinated. I want to push it. It would never happen under Scott Morrison. But then I was thinking, how good it would, would it be if we mandated that politicians had to be the last to get vaccinated? Wouldn't that be fucking fun? Is if the, if the vaccine rollout relied on them only getting it once we hit like the 85% threshold or whatever it was. I mean, that sounds like a nice idea, but you know what would happen, right? People would say, well, the politicians don't want vaccines. Why should I get it? You can't mm. win with the anti-vaxxers. That's win. the thing. You absolutely can't win. I just think that this is sounding like ruling for the people rather than the feudal system we have now. So it's a nice idea, Mitch. <laughs> but not in 2020. So, all right, I guess we should talk about the goddamn novel coronavirus now. Um, where are we? So, okay. Whoa, 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 Lang. Just for, just for new listeners, what is the novel coronavirus? <laughs> well, we should start with what is a virus. Um, no, no, we're God. past that. But, but also, God. apparently a lot of people still don't fucking understand what a virus is, <laughs> but we'll move on from that. Um, I would love to just talk about how it's not like a bacteria and it doesn't live but, you know, moving on. Um, and the other annoying thing about this podcast is we record this and then it comes out like two days later, after which 
everything has changed because the thing the government hasn't managed to grapple with here is that the virus moves fucking fast. <laughs> so assume all good. of this is out of date. But there is still this outbreak happening in New South Wales. It's really bad. They're getting hundreds more cases because it goes really fast. And New South Wales just assumed that they were better than us in Victoria and it would go away because something something crown casino um but it didn't it didn't because they didn't lock down very well um and because it is a very hard virus to get on top of um and it's really interesting seeing gladys berejiklian be having her hand forced because they instituted the lockdown eventually after trying to do little patchy lockdowns she went right okay we're doing an actual lockdown stay home if you can unless you're an essential worker What's an essential worker? Ah, you know, figure it out. Common sense. Literally, use common sense. Please use common sense to decide if you are a small business or large business owner Mm -hmm. who is uh, employs essential workers, or if you yourself are an essential worker. Unless you live in, you know, certain suburbs with a lot of like, you know, immigrant communities and and low income people. In which case, the cops will be there to shoot you if you set foot outside. I, I, I really. I really get upset with this whole d- discussion, which has continued once again 18 months into an international pandemic, still discussing what an essential worker means. Yeah. Be- and, and Scott Morrison was, was at the front of that. Yeah. And, and I have various friends who live and work in Sydney, I know, sounds fake, um, who have still had to physically go to work in the middle of this Mm. current outbreak because they have been deemed essential workers. And Mm. it really frustrates me that even now, under the fact that, you know, people still have to work in JB Hi-Fi or whatever, like, you know, Ikea, like some of these places that have been um, designated as tier one exposure sites. Um, And people just forget that if those places aren't closed, of course people are working there because otherwise mm. they would lose their jobs. And even when it comes to things like click and collect um, or delivery of food, it's like sometimes people just forget that there are people, physical people yeah. involved in all these things. Even even when you're at home ordering all your little things online like I have, I've ordered all my nice little lockdown treats, <clears throat> they are still being <laughs> delivered by human people who are still at risk from the coronavirus. Usually yeah. by people with warehouse jobs, yes. casual workers who live in Fairfield. Exactly. Yeah. And, and so then you see stupid tweets like, oh, I don't understand why all these people on the road, because they're driving to their fucking job, Patricia Carvelis. Like, what do you think? <laughs> you're on the road too. <laughs> Fuck, that was good. Mm, lockdown much taken from outside as I go to a news job. It's like, yeah. yeah, no, they're all just they're all just going to a discotheque. You fucking, what are you talking about? Why don't you all just do journalism from home? <laughs> and so, yeah, we've got people going to work b- often also because the businesses are open, their bosses are saying they have to come to work, and it wasn't until, I think, yesterday, so friggin' Saturday, that they actually brought in rules in New South Wales to say... If you are able to work from home, your boss has to let you work from home or yeah. they can be fined. How was that? They they had been leaving it up to bosses again. They had been leaving it up to businesses to 
do the right thing and use common sense. A business does not have common sense. It is a legal document. Uh, Lang, when you mention <laughs> yeah. that, when you mention that, um, the influencer and notorious uh, wife of various criminals, Roxy Jasenko, um, posted <laughs> posted on Instagram that she was getting really pissed off with her employees because they all kept reporting her to Fair Work because she kept on making them come into the, into the office. Like, talk about women posting their L's. Like, why would you... Why would you Girl admit boss. to doing something really like fucked up, like <laughs> making your employees come in in the middle of a pandemic, and Fuck and then saying like maybe I should like not pay them? Like, okay, so you've just <laughs> just written that all down. Good work. Mm. What a fucking. <laughs> <laughs> and so and so Gladys had been had been doing the oh we're doing all we can. This is a really serious thing. It's the Delta variant. Everybody, we're gonna get on top of this. We're doing all we can. And then of course. It, 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 you know, hundreds more cases. Clearly, they weren't on top of it, and she was forced to actually do all she can. Because it turns out there was more she could do. She just didn't want to do it. So she said, "You know, businesses have to let you work from home." She has actually come out and said, "Okay, while we're not saying there are essential workers, we will say there is critical retail and non-critical retail, which you'll notice." is exactly the same thing. So you're JB Hi-Fi now. You're not allowed to just go in and buy fucking CDs in a lockdown. Turns out a supermarket is different from a handbag shop. Turns yeah. out you can actually make calls and govern as the government. Well, this is this is the thing, is that, like, I just... Like, the language shift that she's had to, mm. to take. Initially, there was... Uh, when she was asked, you know, why don't you have clear guidelines on what is an essential worker or an essential business, given that Victoria has already fucking done this, uh, <laughs> she said, it is so, so difficult to have a precise rule for every single thing. Yeah, um, it's why you also- get the big bucks, Gladys. <laughs> also, like Friday just gone, um, Gladys Berejiklian insisting that the rules on essential workers were very clear, but also admitting they were open to interpretation. Mm-hmm. They they weren't even rules. They weren't even rules. They were guidelines at best. And then, so, yeah, so now we've had to go, all right, here's what actually counts as essential, which is shit that Victoria did last year because, you know, fair cop, we got to 700 cases a day at one point because we also fucked it originally. But just this weird idea that, like, look, I can't say. It's just- it's too difficult. (laughs) It's it's literally impossible to, to figure out what is essential work and what isn't. It's absolutely that scene in a movie where, you know, coronavirus has Gladys in a chair interrogating her. He's like, what are, what are the essential workers, Gladys? And she's like, oh, it's just up to common sense. There are no essential workers. He cocks the gun. What are the essential workers? <laughs> it's it's up to business. He shoots her in the foot. Okay, okay. It's not JB Hi-Fi. It's not handbag shops. It's just supermarkets. Uh, Thank we're going to get a call from Asia over this one. No, that was coronavirus. <laughs> that was a that was a bit. She's been backed into a corner. It turns out she can make decisions. That was another thing, though. Like, um, there is a really great article um, that I will put in the show notes by Eleanor Robertson, which is just a general sort of exploration of people's snitching glands and what makes people want to snitch, <laughs> especially during a pandemic. And, like, at the heart of it all is that 
even when you want to be like a good person that's not a snitch and like dob on your neighbors and that sort of thing, the the gland gets activated when it's someone you don't like. And one of the things that I saw that went viral um, this week during the Sydney outbreak is people getting really mad about this random Twitter account um, who was just created that week who said, oh, Louis Vuitton is open and people were getting (laughs) checked at Kmart. It's demonstrably not a true tweet because at no point is there anywhere in Sydney that has that sort of structure of shops and that was very easily disproven. But because the idea of like a rich shop being open and people being checked at Kmart is closed, that just activated everyone's snitch gland going, oh, look at all these rich people who are buying Louis Vuitton. Who the fuck is going into a shop in the middle of pandemic, like to Louis Vuitton to go get a handbag? Shut up. Like I think, they, I mean, they were all closed have, anyway. No, they weren't. No, yeah. they, no, the, they were they were open by appointment. That was the whole point. Like it's very easy to make up something that will get people mm. upset if it is the idea that they can snitch on someone they don't it's, like. I'm not defending know, rich people by snitching. saying that. It's just that it is, like it is, people need to analyze their desire to snitch in a way that is okay. Sometimes I'm snitching because I think it looks woke. But that's not that's not snitching. That was a fake. That was a fake yeah, news. That's exactly. the other thing. That's what's that thing where it confirms your your confirms confirmation bias. bias? Yeah, confirmation bias. That's yeah. that one. Watch However, there that. there was reporting in the ABC showing that cops were huddled around like Kmart's and whatnot, and yeah, Louis Vuitton and other stores were open, but also like the JB Hi-Fi's and shit were open. The main point being like. It's not really about individuals going uh, to a thing yes. when no one knows what the fuck they're supposed to be doing yes. because the government has just gone, I use common sense. Oh, like While all of that shit was open in New South Wales, while JB and Louis Vuitton and all whatever was still yeah. open, you were also only supposed to leave the house for essential shopping and medical and getting a vaccine and whatever and providing care. And so everyone was going, well, what the fuck- can I leave the house for? Yeah. If I can, it's like, yeah, okay, I can only go to Woolies to get food. That makes sense. However, I look over there and there's fucking vinyl staring at me from a pumping JB Hi-Fi. So why can't I go into that shop? Oh, because the boss didn't use yeah. common sense. If it's open, why exactly. can't I go in? Yeah. Um, it's funny actually that you mentioned that because I went to Aldi yesterday to go get some groceries and okay. I love Aldi so much because of the center aisle, which is, has all their like exclusive buys for the week. And I bought a lint. <laughs> Loves a bargain. I, I bought a lint, a motorized lint scraper and I just had this horrible voice in my head when I was walking home with my groceries and my motorized lint scraper it was like, well, that wasn't really essential, was it? <laughs> it was right there. I just bought it because it happened to be there. Aldi is essential. Aldi is essential. <laughs> but yeah, that's it's the exact same thing that was like there weren't any rules for airport taxi drivers. Uh, and yet when the airport taxi driver got the coronavirus, everyone was like, oh, how can we find something to fucking pin on this guy? Um, because the government has avoided actually making rules. And it yeah. was really nice seeing or it was, it was it's interesting seeing New South Wales go into lockdown, stuffing about and then Melbourne going to lockdown. And Daniel Andrews basically just got there and went. You know the drill. In fact, this is a quote. You know the drill. If you were an authorised worker during the last lockdown, you'll be an authorised worker this time around. Basically, drops the mic. Melbourne's like, (laughs) all right, goes back into our bunkers. We know what we're doing at this point, which is, it's a funny feeling. This is the the thing that has been missed by, I think, a lot of people, especially, you know, the fucking Twitter scolds and whatnot, is this 
idea of like pinning it on like that, either the taxi driver or the removalists, the big one you're hearing about is oh, fucking yeah, removalists going weird. all around the place, these fucking removalists. Just with this idea that like, oh, well, this worker in a precarious job, maybe with a zero hour contract, paid fuck all an hour, maybe on a really dodgy visa scheme who's potentially facing deportation, who cannot access uh, any type of welfare if they lose their job. In an environment of total misinformation. Why didn't they just tell their boss to shove it and take a few days off work to isolate? Why the fuck do you think? You dumbest of cunts. Like, this idea that if shops and businesses are open, but you want the workers to not go in, like, what is your whole plan that these workers should just fucking quit their jobs, not pay rent for a week, and then things will just be good next week? What are you talking about? And also... You know, the government gives all of the sporting TV contracts the same TV network that tells people the vaccine isn't real and the virus isn't real and maybe the whole thing's just a hoax by Daniel Andrews. Like, obviously people are going to not know what the fuck is real. Yeah. But, look, we do have um, some silver lining. That's a joke. We don't. Um, The (laughs) New South Wales uh, outbreak has prompted the federal government to do some measure of payments for people in lockdown. Mm. Um, And it is, again, some of the most, like, Evie means-tested-to-death bullshit mixed (laughs) in with the Mitch they-want-you-to-suffer-and-die-because-they-fucking-hate-you cynical cynicism. Mm. It is... uh, Some of the the stuff is that, you know, if you, you can get $600 a week if you've lost more than 20 hours of work, but if you've lost less than 20 hours of work, but you lost some work, you can get $375 because you're a lazy piece of shit. Apparently, and you don't deserve more support during a global pandemic. Fuck you. What if you also? What if you weren't working? What if you're already starving? Well, if you're already on Centrelink, Lang, I'm glad you asked. Reading the second dot point in the notes, you don't get shit. <laughs> if you already had to subsidise your bullshit below poverty Centrelink payments with some sort of very precarious job, you don't get any support from the fucking government this time around. And they also do fucking liquid asset tests and whatnot. And one of the measures is if you've got $10,000, then you can't get the payment. Which, like, if when you think about it, it, the first thing is, all right, so if someone has $10,000 in the bank, maybe they should have to spend that first. To which I say, no, that is cop brain. But even worse than that, they count things like your own fucking car. In what? that assessment. Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Really? That's yeah. liquid there is shit. There is shit like that in there. So you can't get access to certain types of payments if you have certain things. And in some instances, the, the calculation is, if you don't sell your car, you're shit out of luck. With what? the idea being, again, that <laughs> sell your car now, get some money in, and something, 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 in a couple of weeks, things are okay. I just want- You guys have to try to sell your car in a two-week lockdown? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to, like- Get people to engage themselves in a thought exercise when it comes to these sort of things, especially like Mitch. I'm glad you mentioned the the means tested to death thing, which is my biggest drum I like to beat on the podcast, which is people need to examine why they feel the need to police others' lack of income or the possessions that they have when it comes to wanting money. $10,000 in the scheme of things is... (laughs) a small money amount of money that could be obliterated by 
a major event in someone's life very quickly. You think of if health If you've bills. got a couple of kids, $10,000 is bloody nothing. Nothing. Um, a, a, a giant vet bill. I've had some pretty insane vet bills for what seems like not very much. I've had a dog who had like, you know, gastric problems that were several thousands of dollars. I've had dental bills that are several thousands of dollars that I had to pay like, you know, in, in a few installments because I was too broke to afford it at the time. You know, $10,000 can disappear very quickly. And I mean, you even can extrapolate it out to people who save up money painstakingly for surgery, have up $10,000, and then something something happens that they have to use it for something else. And that is a decision then that they have to make, you know. Mm. I think, I think that's actually a really good a really good way of thinking about it isn't in terms of large or small amounts of money because like compared to the price of a loaf of bread that we all have to buy we all spend only the the dollar on home brand bread so $10,000 is a lot for people who currently have nothing and it's a lot for people who even have it but you're absolutely right is that the way to think about it as we have said countless fucking times is that it can disappear super quick if you don't have that ten thousand dollars obviously you're sh- you're shit out of luck and you are scraping to survive if you need that level of ten thousand dollars but it can just fucking it can go up in smoke so fucking quick with like yeah. Dental isn't covered properly with Medicare and, and, and public health care. So it can just disappear if your teeth crap out. Like, and, it, and, it can and, go. And, and, like, you can even then go further and think about how people police the kind of things that they have um, when they don't have any money or they're looking for jobs. Um, a, a friend was, like, you know, harassed on Twitter for having a pair of headphones in their profile picture and they work for the – they do volunteering for the AUWU. Mm. It's like – that is a pair of headphones from Kmart, first of all. And secondly, people are allowed to have things, even when they're in this current situation poor. Like, that is not, they're not going to sell their fucking headphones to go get money for the week. Yeah, it's its absolutely distracting people by being like, oh, look at that poor person. They've got, you know, a pair of headphones. Oh, yeah, this person has a mobile phone. <laughs> yeah, what do you think they're going to do with the mobile phone? Call their family. Try to get a job. It, it's the classic you know, immigrants are coming over here to take your jobs, turning poor people against each other, where obviously the problem is Scott Morrison is one of the highest paid leaders in the world um, and has bloody takes weeks off work all the time and doesn't have to apply to fucking support payments, $600 a week. I bet if Scott Morrison lost 20 hours of work, he'd get a bit more than $600. He doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> he, just, he just doesn't. He can't, it, can't lose it. He he retires. He gets a pension of 200k a year or something. Here's the thing I'm sick of. I've, I'm like plenty of fucking journalists who work in Canberra and people that have worked as staffers and stuff. And they're like, oh, I mean, you know, we do joke about it. And we do know. But they do do a lot of work. They do do a whole lot of work, like sometimes 18 hour days. It's like, all yeah. right, they fucking chose to do it. Shut the fuck up. Do not care. They do not work in a way that in in any way interests me in these fucking discussions. Shut up about standing fucking politicians. They do a lot of work, but it's generally not work for the Australian people. They do a lot of work for Santos. The the general principle, anyway, from like our entire rant just then, is just pay people money to stay home. Please. Like, it seems really easy. Please. Just give us money. You you guys, if if they could give us $900 into our bank accounts, if Kevin Rudd could do that one time, they can do it every week. 
for us to stay the home gov- and also give us a vaccination while we're home. The government's like, we've tried everything. There's a big lever that says welfare. That, well, well, we're not going to try that. Obviously. <laughs> uh, it's jammed stuck since Kevin uh, no. Kevin Rudd. He jammed it too hard. Yeah. But th- this is the other thing as well. Like, let's. I'm I'm going to go broad. Philosophy mm. guys logged on. Um. There's another part of the payments, which is, you know, businesses can get up to $10,000 to, to mm. try to stay afloat. But if they're also shut, most mm. of that money is going to commercial rent. Most of that $600 a week um, is going to be going on rent and mortgages, which itself is fucking absurd. Yeah. The, just the idea that during all of this, like these, we've got these huge overheads and these probable, these horrible running costs and people that are out of work, like, fuck, I, I can't, I don't know how I'm going to get all the money together. I have to choose between rent and food. And you absolutely shouldn't have to choose between either. You shouldn't have to pay fucking rent during a global pandemic or especially a fucking lockdown. But as a friend of the show, James, wrote in Jacobin as well, we should fucking nationalize Woolies. And Coles. Hell yeah. I think I've, I've been a proponent of this for a very long time, is that I think you should be able to get staple food every week for free. It should just come out of tax. If you want extras, if Evie, you want your bloody smoked salmon or whatever. You- I should have a government-mandated handbag. Yes, you should have a government-mandated <laughs> Gucci or Louis. You get to choose as well. That's oh, thing. thank you. No, no, you don't, get, you don't get Gucci or Louis Vuitton. You get the standard government socialism handbag that everybody gets. It can be a hot no, handbag. The handbag okay. that will be allocated to you. Or fucking headphones. <laughs> If you want different types of headphones, if that's what you want to spend some of your fucking money on, then go ahead, get nice headphones. But you shouldn't have to have this choice between which foundational part of living do I have Mm. to pick between while I have no work, while I have no one paying me money. And they were talking about, you know, construction's been shut down. It's going to cost, you know, between $800 to a billion dollars. Or, you know, like two renovations to a military museum. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like we need to keep in mind what we actually spend our fucking money on and when the yeah. government says things are going to cost money the cost is in quotes it doesn't cost anything how much did putting up uh, Ben Robert Smith's portrait in the Australian War Museum cost <laughs> just, just wondering I how mean, much did it cost and we still to put- haven't got those submarines <laughs> yes we still haven't got the submarines <laughs> At least we could have cool submarines tootling around the ocean, blowing stuff up or whatever. You could live stream that while we're in lockdown and it'll look cool. Look at us. We're blowing up the Great Barrier Reef. We're, <laughs> we're covering up the crimes like the Australian military already does. Nothing to see here. There's no reef. The interesting thing about the business thing is they're like, okay, the business can get 10000 Like, a business, again, is just a legal contract. That $10,000 is, yeah. what's that for? It's not- if it's for paying people, obviously just give the welfare to the people. If it's to go in the business's little, you know, bank account, that's just going eventually to a person. Give welfare to people. You're right. This wasn't a useful bit. You've probably covered it enough. <laughs> but it is, it's, it's, it's a point to raise just so far as um, the piece of paper is got bits on it that talk about other bits of paper that mm-hmm. have these other things about what you have to do month on month and year on year to remain a legal piece of paper. But part of this um, support payment to businesses from the federal government is that they need to commit to not laying people off. And when asked how the government would ensure that a business kept its staff, Morrison said, we expect people to honour their commitments. That's reporting directly from The Guardian. I don't reckon that'll fucking happen, personally. I think from everything we've seen that businesses do since from like 2021, back to when businesses first ever started on humanity, 
We need better regulation than I think we should. We should let them honour their commitments. Yeah, there's no retroactive compliance activities here. Uh, it's it's funny because a piece of paper doesn't have honour. <laughs> um, the whole point of a business or a corporation is that no individual has responsibility, and you can drill for oil in the bite, and nobody is allowed to get you know put in a shark cage for it because every person on that board can be like, oh, I don't know, the business did it. <laughs> It's just an algorithm with which turns the future of children into money now. Well, good luck to all our athletes. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to another episode of Not Good Enough. You can get in touch with us via email at... No, that's what fucks us up, is that it's the at... Yeah, at, not the good, at. B- 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 send us an email, notgoodpod at protonmail.com or the social medias, we're at notgoodpod. Send yeah. us some questions too. I want to know what you want to ask us. That's what I want. Send us a question and we might read it out. Also, if, it, if you're an international listener, please like drop in and say hello. Ask us some questions if you want us to talk about anything that you don't really understand about Australian politics. Yeah. I'm just really fascinated mm. and I think it's really cool that we do have regular international listeners as well. So I just want to know what you're thinking. What are you vibing? What do you want to know about us? Okay, don't ask anything too personal. <laughs> <laughs> I like the idea as well. Like, send us your your read on things. Like, if you listen to the pod, you get a very filtered Ooh, idea. Your, your takes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what do you, what do you, what do you think Greg Hunt does and is? Or like, <laughs> who do you what do you think of the Labor Party if you're in Denmark? I want. That's what I want to know. What's your favourite uh, government-issued uh, Olympics fursona? And which one do you think we would be? <laughs> also, yeah, 100%. If you want to draw us as furries, fucking go ahead. No, don't draw me the- as a furry. <laughs> draw our fursonas. Do it. Did you see the frill neck lizard? The frill looks like Australia. I oh, love Lizzie. Cool. I think she's cool. Her name is Lizzie. She has a name. Okay. <laughs> Let's wrap this fucking pot up. <laughs> Not Good Enough is recorded on the lands of the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation. We want to pay our respects to their elders um, and to acknowledge that sovereignty was never ceded.